Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's sermon podcast. As we approach God's Word, let's take a prayerful breath. Breathe in, breathe out. Listen to God's Word this day. Please join me in our unison prayer of illumination. Holy and mighty God, gather us among your faithful ones and all of your covenant. Stand in the light of your glory and listen to the word of the Lord, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. As I was getting myself spiritually and mentally prepared for this, I fell asleep. I know. But would you believe, would you believe, I had a dream that I was in heaven and I was talking with God. And God sneezed. I didn't know what to say. The good news is that God gives us the instruction manual. God is always talking to us if we listen for his word. So we turn to God's word this morning. Our first scripture reading is from the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 3 through 6. Let us listen for God's word. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Today's second scripture reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took him, Peter, and James, and John, and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became a dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say. They were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anywhere but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen 
until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. At this time, I'd like to invite any children that we have uh, with us this morning to read a story up front with me. I have a really good story for us. I'm going to read a story from our Bible, and we'll look at the pictures together. And for the rest of us, this story is Moses and the burning bush. It's not one of the texts that Kim had just read for us, but I do touch upon it um, in my sermon, and you'll see why later. But for the kids, I want to tell you a story when God spoke to one of God's followers, a man named Moses. So this story is called The Burning Bush. Moses was watching his sheep in the hot, dry desert. Suddenly he saw a very strange sight. Flames of fire came from a bush, but the bush did not burn up. Moses squinted his eyes. He looked around the bush one way, and he looked around the bush the other way. Moses, Moses, said a loud voice. Moses was scared. Here I am, he said. Take off your shoes, the voice thundered. The place where you are standing is holy ground. Moses kicked off his sandals, keeping his eyes on the flaming bush. I am the God of your fathers, the voice said. Moses hid his face. He was afraid to look at God. Do you all see the burning bush here? So that burning bush right here, God is speaking through the burning bush to Moses. And Moses is listening very carefully to this voice found in the bush. God continues, I have heard my people crying in Egypt. My people are hurting and I have come to save them. Wow, thought Moses. How will God do this? Go, said God. I am sending you to Pharaoh and to ask him to let my people go. Me, said Moses. Who am I to go to Pharaoh? Who am I to lead your people? He threw himself down onto the ground before God, but he kept one eye on the burning bush. I will be with you, God said. And Moses trusted God. He was willing to do everything God said. God gave Moses the words and the power he needed to talk to Pharaoh and lead the people out of Egypt. So again, you have God in the burning bush talking to a follower of God, Moses, right here. And after this story, Moses ended up listening to God and helped God's people find freedom. And they were delivered into a promised land. It was a very happy, incredible story because Moses listened to God. And so that's our call as disciples of Christ, as we too are supposed to listen to God. And even as a very young age, sometimes it's very confusing. What does it mean to listen to God? But I can promise you that God is speaking to both of you and that God is always with you and God is always working for good in your lives. So for the rest of us, we're going to continue this narrative that we heard in the story of Moses and the burning bush. But before we do, how about we say a word of prayer together? Can we all fold our hands, bow our heads and repeat after me? Dear God... Thank you to speaking to us. We listen to your voice and we follow your will. Be with us now in all of our days ahead. 
We want to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, are you ready to sing? All right, let's go. As we head into our sermon this morning, again, we'll be touching upon the story of Moses as found in the burning bush, as well as the two scripture messages that Kim read for us. At the end of the sermon, again, we are trying something new in this service. We'll display questions up on the screen, uh, again, right after the sermon, and we'll just take about 30 seconds of silence to reflect on those questions. So again, this is a new practice that we're doing in this service, and it's our way of responding to the word of God. But now let us pray. Friends, please join me in the spirit. Loving God, we stand in awe of your glory and your grace. As we dive into your word today, may our hearts be opened and our minds receptive to your message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Corey did a wonderful job as we were gathering for worship and as we were preparing ourselves through music. Corey said that, This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, and he invited you all to join us, which we hope that you will. Ash Wednesday is this Wednesday, Valentine's Day, February 14th. We'll be having a service here in the sanctuary at 7 p.m. as we remember our baptisms, as we mark ourselves with ashes. And again, Ash Wednesday in itself is the day in which starts the season of Lent. So we're not quite there yet. In fact, we're still in the season after Epiphany, uh, And it concludes today with the transfiguration. We heard the story according to the gospel of Mark in which Jesus is transfigured before his disciples. This event is a moment that captured the divine nature and essence of Christ. It's all capsulated in the transfiguration. The transfiguration as described in Mark's gospel is profound and it's transformative It occurs shortly after 
Peter's confession that Jesus must be the Messiah or the holy prophet that was promised to God's people. And this is important because Jesus is more than the Messiah and Peter will soon realize this. But this is right after Jesus has confessed that Jesus must be the Messiah. And Jesus takes Peter, James and John up on a high mountain where he is then transfigured before them. His clothes become this dazzling white. And Elijah and Moses, two characters from the Old Testament, begin speaking with Jesus. They are also there. And in this moment, we realize that the dazzling white in Jesus' clothes symbolize his glory. While the presence of Elijah and Moses represent the fulfillment of the law and the prophets as found in Jesus. But the transfiguration is not merely a physical change in Jesus's appearance. It is a revelation of his divine glory, not to Jesus, but to those witnesses who were up there on the mountain with him. The disciples are the ones who see Jesus in his true nature, radiating with the brilliance of God's presence. It is a glimpse of the kingdom of God breaking into the present reality, a moment where the earthly veil is lifted and the disciples, the three who were up there with Jesus, catch a glimpse of the heavenly realm. It is a pivotal moment in Jesus's ministry And it serves as this bridge between his earthly ministry and his impending journey to the cross. But it was also a pivotal moment for Peter, James, and John. Can you imagine what they must have been doing or even thinking as Jesus was transfigured before them? And I really want you to think about it. What do you think they must have been thinking seeing Jesus transfigured before them. Because that thought actually might be too strained to imagine. This wasn't just a spectacle for the disciples to witness. God, God's voice breaks through the scene and speaks directly to the disciples. God says to them, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. This direct communication from God to the disciples is a significant departure from a previous miraculous event in which God spoke directly only to Jesus as found in his baptism when he said, this is, or you are my son, my beloved. God is publicly affirming Jesus's identity as the beloved son and God is commanding the disciples to listen to him. There is no way that the disciples left that moment unchanged. God spoke directly to them. To believe that Jesus was the only one who experienced a transformation during the transfiguration ignores another one of God's holy miracles. In fact, the real transformation does not occur during the transfiguration. After all, Jesus was Jesus as the word was in the beginning and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and lived among us. 
Even in the transfiguration, Jesus is already God and the son of God. And just like Jesus was at the beginning of creation, and just like Jesus continues to be as Jesus reigns over us with God and spirit as our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, Jesus is, has been, and will continue to be God and the son of God. The real transformation in the transfiguration happens to the disciples when they finally see that Jesus is not merely just a teacher or a prophet, but when they see Jesus as the very embodiment of God's love and grace. The transfiguration was a unique and transformative moment in the disciples' journey with Jesus. As they witnessed Jesus' divine radiance, they were given a glimpse of his true nature and the magnitude of his mission. The experience was not meant to only strengthen their faith, but to also prepare them for the challenges that would lie ahead, including Jesus' crucifixion and the resurrection. By witnessing Jesus' transfiguration and hearing God's command, the disciples are being equipped to carry on Jesus' ministry, even in the face of opposition and uncertainty. The disciples are given the same strength echoed in Romans 8.31. If God is for us, then who can be against us? God's direct address to the disciples underscores the significance of their role as followers of Christ. They were being entrusted with a sacred task to listen to Jesus and to carry his message to the world. This command was not given lightly. It was an invitation to be transformed by the words and teachings of Jesus and to become his ambassadors of love and reconciliation. The transfiguration story also echoes the Old Testament account of Moses' encounter with God. In the Exodus narrative, God appeared to Moses in the burning bush and commanded him to deliver the Israelites from slavery out of Egypt. God's direct communication with Moses left him transformed and empowered him to lead the people out of bondage and into the promised land. Or think of the prophet Isaiah who heard God's call to speak up for justice and liberation. God or Isaiah listened to God's voice and became a voice for the voiceless, proclaiming good news to the oppressed and binding up the brokenhearted. Another story found in scripture is the story of Saul who encountered the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. Saul, a persecutor of Christians, was blinded by a divine light and heard the voice of Jesus saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And through this encounter, Saul's life was radically transformed. He became the apostle Paul, a faithful follower of Christ, spreading the message of grace and salvation to all of God's people. And then furthermore, when asked about the greatest commandment, Jesus replied to all of us, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. These commandments encapsulate the essence of Jesus's teachings. They call us to radical transformation of our hearts and our relationships, 
to love unconditionally and to seek justice for all. Throughout scripture, we see that when followers of God and Christ listen and respond to God's divine voice, transformation occurs. This transformation extends beyond personal piety. It encompasses the restoration of relationships, the pursuit of justice, and the building of God's kingdom here on earth. Consider the stories of people outside of scripture. Consider the life of Martin Luther King Jr., who listened to Christ's command to fight for justice. During a time where people of color faced discrimination and segregation, King was driven by a deep sense of conviction and was guided by his faith. He became a powerful advocate for civil rights, leading a movement that transformed our nation. Individuals throughout all of time and history have listened to God's voice, and they became agents of transformation in this world. They understood that God's call was not meant for them alone, but really God's call was for the sake of the kingdom. Their willingness to listen and to respond to God's voice brought profound change and brought hope to those who had been trapped by systems and injustice. In the context of the transfiguration, we can draw a parallel between the disciples, between the disciples' experience and our own journeys as the followers of Christ. Just as God spoke directly to the disciples, affirming Jesus' identity and calling them to listen to him, God continues to speak to each of us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God invites us to listen attentively to Christ and to discern how we are called to respond to the needs of the world around us. When God speaks, it is not just for our sake. God's voice is a call to action, a summons to participate in the work of justice, liberation, and reconciliation. God's voice in our lives challenges us to confront systems of oppression and implores us to advocate for the rights and dignity of others, especially those who are vulnerable or marginalized. And listening to God's voice requires openness, humility, and a willingness to be transformed. It demands that we set aside our own agendas and desires and instead align ourselves with God's purpose. It may lead us to uncomfortable places, to confront our own biases or prejudices, and to step out of our comfort zones. But when we respond faithfully to God's call, we become ambassadors of love and reconciliation in this world. We are embodying the love of God, the love of Christ, in our words and our actions, revealing the light of God's glory in the darkness of this world. When God speaks directly to us, it is not simply an invitation to hear. It is a call to transformation. It is a call to participate in the unfolding of God's kingdom on earth. It is a call that invites us to listen, to obey, and to act. Like the disciples, or Moses, Isaiah, Paul, or the countless others throughout history, we are called to be transformed by the words and teachings of Jesus to be his ambassadors. So this day, as we prepare ourselves for the season of Lent, we remember the words of God spoken to us on the mountaintop. 
This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. You, my disciple, listen to him. May these words echo in our hearts as we seek to follow Jesus, allowing his transformative love and grace to shine through us. May we be vessels of his light in a world longing for hope, peace, and reconciliation. And friends, let us conclude with prayer. Gracious God, thank you for speaking directly to us through your son, through others, through burning bushes, and in silence. We ask that you open our ears to hear your voice and our hearts to obey your commands. Transform us by your grace and empower us to be faithful witnesses of your love and truth. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Reflect on one or both of the following. Reflect on a time when you felt God speaking directly to you. How did that experience transform your understanding of God's love and mission? How can we better listen to God's voice in our daily lives and respond to the call to be ambassadors of his love and reconciliation? Thank you for listening to First Presbyterian Church of Allentown's Sermon Podcast. We hope you'll join us for worship on Sunday morning. For more information about our congregation and our ministries, please contact the church office. Now go in peace.